I'm Tefra Ajemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upward Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Some good some good friends for another week. I'm Stefan, and we're going to be talking to some friends of mine today, as we always do. Uh, got three friends on the show, because that's what it is. Uh, maybe I'm getting a little tired of saying that it's the law. I'm going to sh- switch that up soon, think of something else, another catchphrase. But uh, what's going on with me? Ate a bunch of tahini tonight, the food of the gods. That shit is delicious. I'd eat it with a spoon straight out of the container. Uh, I feel like my mic is too hot, so I'm going to just that a little bit. That seems better. All right. We're going to talk to a couple of friends of mine. Uh, let's introduce the first one. Um, you know what? She's uh, she's in fashion. Uh, she lives a glamorous lifestyle. Please welcome to the show my good friend, Charcuterie St. James. Welcome, Char- Charcuterie. Hello, darling. It's so good to see you again. How are you? Oh, I really good. It looks like I mean, where are you? It's uh, I'm seeing the window. Something exotic. Yes. Well, um, unfortunately, I am. I'm currently on my yacht. Um, there was oh. an incident at my home, oh. uh, so I had to leave. And you know, unfortunately, just with the situation going on in the world, I I wasn't allowed to get on a plane and travel to mm. one of my vacation homes. So. I'm stuck on my yacht at the moment, which is, you know, being on a yacht in January, it's quite embarrassing. Um, It's not exactly the season for it, but we all make sacrifices during these trying times. So Mm. I'm just, I'm doing the best that I can. I I just, you just said a lot of things I never thought I'd hear from a a person. Unfortunately, I'm on my yacht. It's embarrassing Mm. to be on my yacht. This is, I mean, a a yacht is something people aspire to. Well, maybe people of of your station, but (laughs) I I chose to be born wealthy. So uh, this is just something, you know, something that I've always had. And I, I just don't understand why more people don't have yachts. It seems quite silly to me. Um, hmm. that most people don't have yachts and several homes, but, um, I don't know. I guess that's just how some people want to live, I suppose. I, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, but let's get back to that in a second. Uh, you, you mentioned a lot of things that I want to dig into, but for the mm-hmm. listeners, uh, why don't you explain kind of, uh, what you do and, and how you got to your station in life? So I, I, uh, I was born, uh, to, to, very uh, wealthy parents. I'm actually the heir to the Oscar Mayer Wiener fortune, oh, um, which is in part uh, my name, Charcuterie, because that means, you know, 
sort of cooked meats. Um, mm-hmm. But that is also my name uh, because my mother had a chemical peel while pregnant with me. Um, okay. She was getting on in age. She was about 25. And oh, wow. uh, she had a chemical peel and it actually cooked me a little bit. So I came out a little bit cooked when I was born. But, um, you know, I think that just really added to who I am as a person and just my strength and my my connection with the moon and all spiritual mm. realms. Okay, so so you were born into wealth. I, mm-hmm. Is your father Oscar Meyer? Legally, I, I cannot say. <laughs> Legally? <laughs> yes, what would... yes. I'm on international waters, so I'll, I'll be dangerous. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, oh, you did. Yes, you've confirmed it. Yes. But you're, because you're in international waters, you can take risks. Well, I, I like mm-hmm. a, a risk-taking person. Uh, Father Oscar Meyer, mother... Uh, 25, pretty old. Yeah, quite old, quite old. And, uh, and when you say- 25 when I was born. She's, she's died of old age now. I'm, I'm, you know. Oh. I'm 28. (laughs) She- Wow, to, to grow up without a mother, uh, Mm -hmm. from the age of three is so unfortunate. Um, Mm -hmm. now uh, you did say earlier that you chose to be born wealthy, Mm. uh, how do how does that work? Uh, I don't remember choosing how I was born. I would have maybe made some different choices. Well, that was that was really uh, that was quite careless of you, wasn't it? To uh, to not. I I guess what's the secret? I just I mean I was born and I was wealthy and I just thought that it was a choice. I don't I don't quite understand. I thought that you know people are choosing to live in. I've heard of these things called apartments. Mm, yeah, and, uh, one, yes. yes. So I just thought that you know maybe people thought it was fun. Oh, like a, a fun way to spice. Well, mm. I mean, a lot of people live in apartments or or uh, other forms of living because they have to. They don't have any. Wow, that's so places. fascinating. That's so. It's just you know the less fortunate. It's very fascinating to me. And and that's what we want to hear from uh, the the upper class. We want to mm-hmm. hear that uh, us and the the plebeians are are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit? Uh, I do want to get into the unfortunate circumstances of your home, but mm-hmm. I want to ask first. Uh, I do know that you were a uh, or are a designer for dogs. Yes. Yes. So. Um... I design, you know, just everything sort of to do with the high-end dog lifestyle. Mm. Um, most recently at Christmas, I released these cute little stocking stuffers. You know, they were they were part of my uh, ready-to-wear range. So they were, you know, a little, quite a lot more affordable than the okay. rest of the stuff I design. But they were just diamond-encrusted dog collars, which are just a perfect stocking stuffer. Hmm. Um, so I, I designed that. I've designed wedding dresses for Paris Hilton's dogs. I I do all of the garments for the Queen's Corgis. Um, oh, wow. Let me tell you, they are a handful. They... Um, and how do you feel about your work's depiction in The Crown on Netflix? I mean, I really think they, they cheapened it. You don't see... Mm. Those dogs are constantly in outfits they are constantly wearing the exact replicas of what the queen herself is wearing and they don't show that on the crown and i was actually quite upset mm. it's actually very i it's it's upsetting for me 
to talk about because that's, I mean, some of my best work, corgis are hard to dress. You know, they mm. got those big fluffy bottoms and it's, it's really hard to make those look elegant, but I do what I can. Yeah. Short um, stubby legs too. No, yes, that's not a, not a haute couture mm -mm. thing. No, no. I'd much rather be, be dressing like a greyhound or, mm, yeah. you know, a great Dane would be a lovely yeah. challenge, but a not being insists on having little corgis that just they they honestly don't have the figure for fashion but we all make sacrifices that's you know my whole life I'm just constantly as I am now on this yacht just making sacrifices it's it's very difficult for me and that and thank you for doing the segue for me when you talk about sacrifices uh what you mentioned unfortunate circumstances at home you do look mm -hmm. uh you're wearing a an all-black outfit mm -hmm. Uh, what, uh, first of all, who are you wearing? And second of all, what, uh, what happened at your home? Well, I'm actually wearing one of my own dog designs. Um, oh. because I am, I am, you know, I'm just the grief that I'm feeling. I've lost so much weight that I can't fit into my own clothes. So I've just been wearing dog clothes. Um, <laughs> unfortunately I am a brilliant designer. And so I look, I look amazing. You do look amazing. Yes. Well, it seems my, my husband, um, He's an older man, mm. um, and uh, you know he he was taking a bath, and he insisted he insisted mm. on having some toast while he had his wow. bath. Wow! And so I took the toaster to him, mm. and you know, and he had his toast in the bath without incident. But then, when he got out of the bath, he was stabbed bleeding all the time. <laughs> wow these older men first of all can be so stubborn and when you say an older man are you talking 26 27 mm, no, like, like 35 30 okay and and to be so stubborn to demand his toast and you said stabbed 27 times yes yes and you know i i um i i don't know what happened because of course you know Stefan, my, my good friend, I, I was with you, as you will recall. Uh, ah. You and I were together. You were, um, you were helping me wrangle some of the dogs uh, for which I was making clothing. So, you know, unfortunately, I was not there and I have no idea what happened. And because I have an alibi, um, no one can say otherwise. Yeah, we we were together. We were wrangling the dogs. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you were you did bring him the toaster. Mm, yes, uh, yes, and you did go upstairs to the bath for a, a few minutes, and then you came back downstairs. Uh, you said everything's fine. You had a fine sheen of sweat on your forehead, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I was there, and I uh, you know I heard I heard noises. Mm -hmm. Well, that is. I mean, I was I was embarrassed to say it at the time, but I was doing my um my jade eggs that I, uh, I got from my friend Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, you might know her, um, Oscar winner. You may have heard of her. I was, so I was using my jade eggs for, um, you know, to toughen my pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah. that, that will obviously make me work up a bit of a sweat. Mm. And uh, it is a noisy process. So, you know, I was doing that. Um, and that's why I, I, I had a bit of a, a glow mm. when I returned to you and, you know, in the other wing of the household. Um, and I, and I guess when you, ex 
you excused yourself shortly after to the kitchen and I heard the sound of something being washed in the sink. Mm. I guess you were just washing the jade eggs. <laughs> I would never wash something. Um, <laughs> that's quite insulting. Um, I, you know, I have, I have people who bathe me. I wouldn't mm. wash my own eggs, but yes, I'm sure, you know, Cynthia or one of the other staff, I don't know their names. Uh, I'm sure one of them was probably doing the washing. Mm. Um, that's not really work, you know, I'm the heir to the Oscar Mayer Wiener fortune. I don't wash things. No, of course no. I'm I'm sorry for suggesting such a thing. I assume the tabloid story that I saw shortly after mm. uh, an anonymous source in the house uh, saying that they uh, they found a bloody knife in the sink was un- yeah. unrelated. Or I I've actually I've been I've been wanting to uh, discuss that with you. Um, sure. This anonymous source. Now uh, all of my my staff, of which there are many, but. You know, I know that my my person in charge of doing hiring, I know she makes them sign quite a lot of, you know, non-disclosures and mm. there's a lot of paperwork in order to be my staff. So I don't think they would be an anonymous source because we would ruin their family for centuries to come. So I'm just wondering who this anonymous source could be. <clears throat> I, uh, you, you know, maybe uh, someone was walking by on the street. Mm. Maybe. Uh... Anyway, uh, we do have. I'm, I'm sorry, charcuterie, but I do have to move along to my course, next friend. At this, uh, you know, sometimes you, I just have to cut an interview short, and I and I feel like now is uh, now is the time to move on mm. from this. Uh, but please stick around. Feel free. Uh, I'm sure our other guests might uh, appreciate some advice from someone who's so successful mm. and so driven. Uh, but let's introduce my my next friend. Uh, please welcome to the show, uh, T.R. Googly Eyes. Welcome what up, what up, what up, Stefan, my prison pen pal. How's it going, <laughs> bud? Oh, it's, it's going so, it's so, you know, we've communicated a lot by letters. Uh, and it's fantastic to finally hear your voice. It's great, man. I thought you were actually uh, Stefania. I thought that, I thought we had uh, like a, yeah, you know, it's all good, though. It's all good. I got other ladies. Yeah, I, I sign my name with a flourish at the end, and a lot of people think it's uh, Stefania uh, when I write my correspondence, but it is just Stefan. Um, how's it? What's uh, where are you locked up, Tr? Uh, I'm uh, down here at the Kentucky Penitentiary mm. Center uh, for high crimes. Sure. Okay. Nationally, that one. High crimes committed internationally, the Kentucky uh, Center. And that's uh, maybe something that uh, charcuterie has a little bit of experience with being in international waters Mm. right now. Yes. So what sort of what sort of crime did you commit? Was it an embezzlement or? Well, uh, I'm a little insulted that you guys are not familiar with my life story. I did have a Netflix documentary, The TR wow. Trials, that came out in 2016. <laughs> uh, you may know me as the international supermodel, the man who allegedly cured squiggly-itis, or maybe for the fact that I stole uh, someone's identity and won a Nobel Prize in his name. Oh my goodness, so, so much to get into there uh just to re- recap international supermodel 
uh, cured squiggly eyes? Yeah, as you know, Stefan, I, I told you this when we first started messaging each other. I was born with the rare uh, birth defect known as squiggly-itis, uh, very, okay. very tall, lanky, sort of uh, floppiness. Uh, mm. I got made fun of it a lot in high school. Uh, and it's sort of been, you know, it's it it seemed like it was my my hindrance, but it's really given me my power as I've gotten older in life because I'm 72 now. So, oh my goodness! That's wow, fascinating. <laughs> so that's very in charcuterie's world. This age does not exist. Yeah, if you like older men, <laughs> write me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as a tall, lanky man myself, who also was made fun of it in high school, made fun of that for that in high school, I understand completely. And to say that you have found a cure for this um, is very, uh, it's great. But this is unrelated. The cure for squiggly-itis is unrelated to you stealing someone's identity and winning a Nobel Prize in their name. It is absolutely related. And I'd like to take this as an opportunity. The reason why I'm here is to talk about my uh, memoir that I, that's mm. coming out next month. Uh, it's called Trippy, the TR story. Uh, and, and I guess sort of the brief summary of, of what happened is that after my failed modeling career, uh, you know, the spiraling drug addiction that really sent me out, uh, mm. I ended up lost and alone in Costa Rica in the rainforest. And I met a mycologist, a, a someone who studies mushrooms. Yes, of um, And uh, yeah, I met this man named Mike Pants. Um, that's P-A-N-T-S. Okay. And uh, he, he helped me get clean and he hired me as his assistant because I always wanted to study mushrooms growing up. Okay. Uh, and, and together we discovered the cure for squiggly-itis. But unfortunately... Uh, we were doing our research near a volcano, and the mm. volcano erupted, and so he's dead now. Mm. Oh, uh, I, yeah. So, so <laughs> sorry, I should explain. Uh, so after he died, uh, naturally, uh, I stole his identity and published his that's research, cool. and uh, that's when, in uh, two thousand and five, I, I won the Nobel Peace Prize, or sorry, the Nobel Prize for medicine, but also peace. Yeah, you, you, they, it was the rare, the one occasion where they actually gave two prizes in two categories to the same person. Yes, because squiggly-itis is a violent disease, as we know. Well, and the victims of squiggly-itis are the victims of violence. So in, in one fell swoop, you cured them of their affliction and solved bullying. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, I've done a lot of excellent things in my life and a lot of terrible things. Yeah, and, and we'll get into it all. I'm curious why you felt the need to assume Mike Pants's identity instead of just because you were researching with him. Why not publish posthumously for him and, and with the co-writing credit? Um, because I'm not an actual scientist. I did uh, mm -hmm. study in university briefly at the Kentucky Fried College of University of Kentucky, um, but okay. I was uh, <laughs> kicked out because of my squiggly-itis. Um, mm. It was the 60s, you know, we were doing a yeah. lot of drugs, and so we were we were on mushrooms, and I was so floppy with my squiggly-itis that I ended up um, knocking over like 27 students on the library staircase, just trampled them down. And uh, so they kicked me out of school. So I never got to get my degree. And I felt like no one would, uh, that no one would believe, you know, a published research from somebody who wasn't accredited, who didn't have a, a degree. 
and someone who had such a uh, politically volatile uh, history of uh, protest of squiggly-itis. I remember the sit-ins for squiggly-itis, uh, just uh, the, the clips of the writhing limbs and the kind of jelly-like nature of all those bodies uh, eventually tumbling down the stairs and crushing all of those poor, poor students. Yeah, it haunts me every day, man. Now, I am curious. So wait, you're in prison for the identity theft or for something and, else? And also fraud because I did accept <laughs> that award. The Nobel Prize is, is a hefty award and I definitely stole all of that money. Okay, yeah. And, and I do remember the clips. You, you walked across the stage once to receive the Nobel Prize for medicine, twice to receive it for peace. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the CIA agents, uh, Interpol, uh, zip lining down from the ceiling. Uh, and you were taken away in cuffs. Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was all uh, Karen Bland's fault. You, I don't know, you remember Karen Bland when she came out in the news. And uh, Karen Bland, I, I met her. Uh, at, this was after... Uh, this was after I got fired from my modeling agency. I couldn't get any work. Yeah. This was the 80s. I was addicted to drugs. I was a mess, man. And so the only job I could get was at a car dealership as a human live uh, air dancer. You know, those wavy, yeah. wacky arm guys. That was yeah, the only job I could get. And I was so, I was having a hard time, man. And this beautiful mm. woman comes to the parking lot. Her name's Carlotta. She says, come with me to Costa Rica. TR and I'm like, yes, baby, anything you want. And I go to Costa Rica with her. She steals all my money and leaves me for dead in the rainforest. Uh, and then and she then comes back and, oh. and gives me up to the feds, you know, 20 years later. Wow. Someone's got a grudge against old TR googly eyes. Never trust a woman you meet in a parking lot. Now, who was Karen Bland in all of this? <laughs> oh, that was her real name. Oh, so Carlotta was her pseudonym and Karen Bland was her real name. Yeah, uh, you fell in love. Classic story. Uh, so, you know, I did. I did watch all of this in the in the Netflix true crime documentary. Uh, I am curious. Uh, usually, um, the uh, the memoir would be published first, and then we would see the adaptation of the documentary. But in your case, uh, you're kind of doing it in the opposite direction and i'm curious what was the thought process there well uh i i you know they they started doing the show right as the trial was happening it was really hot mm. in the news we were trending on twitter for a long time so i think they kind of just you know i i said sure go ahead but uh you know once i watched the show i realized that it was really skewed you know i didn't like the way that they portrayed me mm. in the doc Let's just say that. And I felt like it was time that I I wrote the truth. I wrote my truth so that people really understood what happened. And honestly, uh, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from the initial release of the book, the sort of like uh, whatever soft opening of the soft book, release, yeah. a soft release. And uh, Netflix, uh, I am allowed to say this now, is actually uh, going ahead with a series, a dramatic series based oh. on my life and my memoir. And it's going to be starring Timothy Sh Chalamet, uh, playing oh, a young shit. version of me, and uh, and I've got uh, Jeff Goldblum is going to be playing uh, the older version of me, lanky legend Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Both lanky legends, Chalamet and Goldblum. That's very exciting. So Netflix is, uh, they showed the, I guess, the Fed side of the story, and then you published your memoir, and now they're going to dramatically show uh, your side of the story. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I'm a human being. You know, I've lived a crazy life, and uh, I've battled squiggly itis. I've, I've done everything, and then I just want to be seen 
as a human being. Now, I'm, I'm curious because, uh, you know, we've been pen pals for a while and, and it does seem like you are, I don't want to say thriving in prison, but uh, I think you're doing a lot of thinking and reflection. And I'm, I'm curious, and, and this might be relevant for some of our other guests, charcuterie, um, if you have any advice on, you know, how to do well in prison. You got to find something that gets you up in the morning. And uh, for me, that was school. I'm really grateful that uh, here at the High Crimes Penitentiary Unit for International uh, Crimes uh, has a really good post-secondary education system. And so I've actually recently got my degree. I've got my bachelor's in science now that I finally was able to get. And so I think, you know, as long as you have something that gets you up in the day, that, that just keeps you pushing forward and staying positive, uh, you know, and, and, and make friends. Join a gang, really, that uh, helps. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, some, some good tips there, charcuterie. Um, what, what gets you up in the morning that possibly mm. would also get you up in the morning in prison? Well, I mean, I, I am not guilty I, of anything. Um, you were there. You are my alibi. Uh, and you mm. will... Uh, stick to that. Um, so I don't think that I would ever be in prison, but you know, I'm sure prison, it would be a lot like when I am just staying at home, you know, I'd, I'd go in the morning and swim, swim laps in my pool and then go to my garden and, you know, play tennis. I mean, you know, in, in this first lockdown, I could only stay in one of my houses and I, you know, it's, yeah, only 14 bathrooms and two pools. I mean, it felt like prison. I couldn't travel. I couldn't go on my private plane. So I, I think I really know what prison is like. But of course, I'm not guilty of anything, um, as you will attest to. As I will attest to uh, anonymously or anonymously, either, either way. Uh, TR, I'm, I'm curious if now that you have your bachelor's of science, first of all, suck on that KFC university. That's right. Um, well, it's not existing that... anymore. They, it got mm, burned down. It got burned down. Too much, uh, deep fryer oil yeah. spilling everywhere. Uh, I am curious, uh, now that you are a scientist, does that kind of overturn at least the fraud um... aspect of your conviction? I, I'm not too familiar with law, but I'm pretty sure that a science degree does not, uh, like, <laughs> cancel out fraud uh, and identity theft. Unfortunately, I tried. I tried. I had, uh, you know, I had an appeal. We did the hearing. I said, hey, look, now I'm a scientist. Um, it, it validates all the work that I've done in the past. And they mm. said, actually, uh, it doesn't. And uh, I'm still in here for another uh, 15 years, unfortunately. I, I do think I read the transcript. I do think one of your uh, mistakes was representing yourself and only saying that one thing in the courtroom that uh, I'm a scientist now. Yeah. TR, it's been great to talk to you in person. I look forward to receiving your letters every week. Uh, you're a really good friend. And, uh, you know, how long you have left in there? Yeah, I, I've got about 15 more years, but I'm 72. Huh. So, you know, it could, it could go either way. <laughs> I might never see the light of day again, but. Uh... I, wow. have a, I have a heart that is full. I have a, a book that I think is going to be a really great seller. Make sure to check it out. Uh, Trippy, the TR story. This is going to be on Amazon Books, Barnes & Nobles, anywhere where you can buy uh, fine books. 
Oh, well, that's excellent. Great to talk to you. Uh, we're going to talk to my last and final friend of the evening. Uh, you know, he's a dummy, but he's not stupid. Uh, <laughs> please, please welcome to the show, uh, my good friend, Tyler. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, hey, how's it going? How's it going, Stefan? How you doing, buddy? Uh, oh, uh, so great. Uh, nice to hear that uh, that little voice of yours. Now, um <laughs> The 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 audience, the listeners, they can't see you. Why don't you describe yourself? Um, I'm I'm kind of a what you'd call a, a typical kind of dummy. I, I got I got the sort of rosy cheeks with the with the freckles and a bow tie and a nice rusty head of hair. We'll top of that off with a green pair of a green blazer and slacks, and I'm the best looking dummy on the block. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, you really dressed up for the podcast. Now I don't want to. Uh speaking properly i don't know what the correct term is but uh please correct me if i'm wrong you are a ventriloquist stem uh, i'm i'm a dummy currently in between ventriloquists yeah interesting okay and so and so how does that work because as far as i've always understood uh the the dummy is controlled by the ventriloquist but you i can see there's there's not a a person sitting behind sure, you with sure well in a, in a normal act we we we'd have the two of us he's called usually they're called the handsman so i don't have a handsman at the moment that's an industry term uh used mm. in broadcasting uh television radio broadcasting as well as cinema all around the world um but a handsman is usually this the the second part to a ventriloquist act. I'm on my own and I've been on my own for quite a while since way back. I mean you know me from the kids show. Yeah, and why don't why don't you tell a uh, who who was your handsman my, or well, back, woman on that? Show? Back then it was Roderick Chatongay. Roddy Chatongay. Okay. Uh yeah. blue comic later on. We'll talk about that a bit. Uh, oh. but of course at the time when you were watching it it was called Le Cowboy en Velours and you wrote uh, me a letter, Stefan. Mm. We had friends, and I, I still have the letter. I'm going to read it right now. It's short. Oh, absolutely! It's always a pleasure to have two pen pals on the same show. And here's the letter. It was I found this in, a, in, a, in my uh, duffel bag. Oh, uh, dear, tiny Tyler, because that's what I was called then. Mm-hmm. I remember. My name is Stefan. I'm mm. 18 years old, and I'm looking <laughs> for guidance. Yeah. I like to have fun, but I'm a, I feel like I'm weird at parties. Mm, yeah. And I never wrote back to you, but I just wanted to say I thought of it a lot and I kept it in my duffel bag. I hope you're doing better now, Stefan. I mean, uh, I, I would like to think I'm better at parties. I haven't been to a party in a while, but uh, I was weird at parties for a long time. And, and I mean, did, do you finally have some advice to give me? Sure. Uh, go back to those parties when you were 18 and see those, revisit, go to some parties with 18-year-olds. Oh, okay. They don't have to be your friends, just 18-year-olds. <laughs> so I should I should kind of go out there looking for 18-year-old parties and just kind of get, get into them. You should. And if you need a wingman, that's another industry term for me. <laughs> so the handsman and the wingman. Oh, yeah. Bring me to a party. I'm like a cute puppy. Everyone will not want to talk to you. Okay. I mean, you, you kind of, I remember after the, so there was the, you were Tiny Tyler on the on the show. Yeah, and then I, uh, that, then I went on the circuit, and I was playing all the clubs. Mm, the Elephant and, and, Rouge. And which one? Elephant Rouge. Oh, of course, yeah. Lomard Bleu. Yeah. Cochon Gris. All the yeah. greens. Yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that's and that's when uh, Roger uh, went blue, as you said. Roddy, Roddy went blue. Roddy, Roddy my handsman, in the in the in the whole biz. Uh, you know, years, years. He's been my handsman. He's had. He's. It's. He's literally been a part of me. He's had. Mm. He's right up in there, and for years. And then all of a sudden, the he just started. He lost it. The show got canceled. He he ended up doing this. I went with him to help him out because he didn't really have an act, and he went blue and dirty. And I went along with him. Mm. Our big one was that uh, was always referring to me being made of wood, and also sort of conflating that with a Woody. Oh. The joke he used a lot, and I got laughs. And and so what? I'm curious what happened for you two to uh, to end your professional relationship. Well, I, he he died. Um, oh, no. Yeah, he died uh, um, in a cab on the way uh, after a, a gig, and uh, I just got left in the back of the cab, kicked around at the bottom oh, no. with like McDonald's containers. And oh, next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in a daycare crate. Oh my Every kid in town's playing with me. Oh, no. I, I just, it just, it was a huge toll on me. I, uh, I, uh, I escaped from there, got my own one bedroom apartment, where, as your first guest had said, probably never experienced this. I had to wash my own eggs. You had to wash your own eggs. Yeah. You were using, I guess, eventually, because wood use a jade egg to keep to keep the toll tight. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you make special ones of those? It's going to make special jade eggs for ventriloquist dummies. Yes, yes, it's it's very important for them to stay tight. Well, could you tell me something, ma'am? Could you just send me over the link to that to perhaps that website? Mm, how to put this delicately? I could, but judging from the sound of your voice, I. I worry it might be out of your price range, but um, I am a very charitable person, so uh, just have your people contact my people, and uh, I will get some for you, because I am just so generous and kind. Well, if you want a prison egg, I can I can hook you up for free. Oh, what is a, what's, a, what's in the prison egg? Well, you got a Netflix <laughs> you, special, TR. You don't want to know, Stefan. <laughs> you want to know what's in it. Heroin. Heroin's in a prison. Oh, okay. oh my God. The things I had to do for Roderick's heroin. Oh, Rod- Roddy was a was an addict as well. Oh, he did everything. 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 And blamed it on me. It's the dummies needle. It's the dummies. <laughs> it's the dummies pyramid. Ah, I got blamed for everything. Wow. And, and did you get uh, in trouble with the law for, for both of those things? The needle and the pyramid? I've been to jail. I've been to prison many times. The good thing about me is I'm tidy and I can run through the bars. <laughs> oh, well, I guess that's kind of get out of jail free card then. I wish, uh, I bet TR wishes he was a little smaller and less lanky. Every is that day. true, TR? Do you wish that? I do. I wish, I wish for a lot of things. I regret 90% of my life. Oh my goodness. Um, so, uh, Tyler, I do want to know, I mean, you, you fell on some hard times. You were living in that one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are things looking now? Are things on the up and up? Things aren't bad. Things are okay. I got a job just, uh, you know, a while back as a barista and I was doing that for a while. Uh, okay. and I just would, just had a kind of fun there. And then uh, of course now I'm not working at all. And I'm looking for a handsman. And that's why I'm talking to you, Stefan. Is there anything coming up that you could put your hand in me and bring to? Bring me to. 
I mean, I am going to be, uh, I'm starting teaching improv again soon. And so I know that people love taking lessons from a puppet. So maybe, uh, oh, maybe we could do a little co-teaching. And also their, their standards are very, very low because they're taking improv classes. Yeah, absolutely. They just want to learn how to... And that's where I reside. I nestle into that sort of low area of just like, I'll take anything. Thanks. Now, so I know that we kind of do a, uh, or as a ventriloquist uh, performer, uh, as the handsman and the wingman, as the wingman, it's your job to kind of say the punchline or... Uh... So in the in the case of teaching improv, why don't we do a little test? I will say the start of like an improv uh, teaching and then you can do the the punchline sure and, and finish it. we'll give it a go and but you gotta make a promise to me that if this works out we find a party with 18 year olds oh i promise you that if this works out uh we will uh scatter around town for a party with 18 year olds uh here we go let me think of a little kernel of wisdom um oh here's here's a good one uh would we we want the game of the scene to be specific and repeatable because because otherwise you're gonna have to go home to your wife (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect it's perfect we can absolutely this is gonna work i will see you next week for uh harold one are you great this is great thank you so much uh i'm afraid i can't pay you um sorry what I'm, uh, well, I, you know, it's not, uh, we're not talking Oscar Mayer Wiener money here for teaching improv. Oh, that's fine. Look, I'm tiny. Just let me loose at the party and I'll find things. <laughs> that's... Then we'll hit the pawn shop the next day. Uh, oh, okay. So you're going to rob the party. That's what I call a weekend. <laughs> that's a weekend for me. I, I think I see maybe, uh, maybe why you've fallen on such hard times because a party of 18 year olds is, is not going to have the nicest stuff. <laughs> you're not thinking back. You're not thinking enough. Where do, our, where do 18 year olds come from? Parents! Oh, that's, <laughs> that, no, that's true. I mean, uh, charcuterie. What kind of parties were you throwing when you were 18? Oh, I mean, just, you know, the most elegant parties only um although you know of course we were younger so you know sometimes we'd slum it with like a beach party on the private island my family owned and you know there'd be like 16 of us to a 100 room house we'd be just cramped in all together a cozy little sleepover (laughs) uh it was absolutely it was a wonderful wonderful times um yes uh... Uh, tyler was actually wondering um how how good at you how good are you at um cleaning up uh hypothetical of course <laughs> hypothetical blood stains um because i have this anonymous source that has just really been uh, grinding my gears and um you know how how are good how good at you are <laughs> how good at you are that Tyler? How, how are you can you clean up blood stains well Here, just here's the thing i don't I don't have any bones, so I can't really move my arms. But you sound like a nice lady, and you might sound like someone that might maybe give me some money, so you can just use my body to wipe it up. I mean, I obviously i <laughs> I would never clean anything no. that's beneath me. But just leave me there, and I'll soak it over time. Okay. Okay. Or Cynthia. Cynthia can be the hands woman yes. who kind of yes. flops Tyler around under the blood. Sure. I'll, anyone can. But anyone can be my handsman or woman. 
Wow. Well, I think we've made some good connections tonight. I think uh, we have two guests who are pen pals of mine. The same two guests are lanky and floppy. Uh, we have all kinds of different uh, classes and, and walks of life here. Multiple crimes being committed by all of our guests. Uh, it's, you know, it's just been an absolute pleasure. I really uh, thank you, Charcuterie. Thank you, Tyler. And thank you, TR, for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, Oh, yeah, you're welcome. And I, and I hope uh, moving forward, we can all connect and kind of build something great together. Uh, but right now, we have to take a break. And we'll be right back after that. Hey, I'm Aaron Lakoff, host of Changing on the Fly, a brand new podcast on the Upford Network. Changing on the Fly is a podcast that dives deep into the intersections between hockey and social justice. We take on issues of sexism, racism, and homophobia on the ice. You'll hear from athletes, activists, fans, scholars, and even musicians who love hockey but want to keep the jerks out of the game. Think Colin Kaepernick or Serena Williams, but with skates and less teeth. It's your perfect antidote to Don Cherry and Coach's Corner. Hey Don, what do you think of changing on the fly? Not the left-wing pinkle media bleeding hearts, guys. What are you, nuts? Anyways, you can find Changing on the Fly wherever you get your podcasts, or visit us online at changingontheflypodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah, I mean, we'll start with Jason. Um, you've been a, around a long time in the entertainment business, I think. You've done a lot of different things in that. Have you ever worked with an actual ventriloquist? Uh, as a dummy? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking more like did you ever play a gig where there was also a ventriloquist or i mean maybe someone did use you as a dummy no i probably would have i used to uh i used to try and get comedians to open up when i did when i had a band i would do shows i would get yeah i'd like having comedians open up um but i i've one kid oh no that's not true i did work with a, a ventriloquist in a music video i did and there was this guy who lived on who, who's kind of known on the streets of vancouver and he did this really strange <laughs> Uh, puppet thing, this voice where it was like, oh, and he never attempted to hide his mouth. You're like, oh, yeah. how are you? But nothing made sense. And if you stopped <laughs> to listen to him on the street, you'd be like, oh, I'm trapped now. And none of this, there's no, he's not using any language here. And then yeah. we, put, we put him in a video with us. Oh, <laughs> so like, and was, he, was he talking in the video? He, he did the same thing. It's just like weird <laughs> sounds. Oh, that's super, uh, super interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Very um, and uh, you know, rolling along with the question, Andy, have you ever been to prison? Uh, no, I have never been to prison. Oh, uh, thank, thank goodness. I want to. Sorry, I know you're asking questions, but I just wanted to yeah. say that. For this show, this character is based off of a conversation I had with my friend's four-year-old daughter, uh, who okay. <laughs> came up with the bones for this character named T.R. Googly Eyes. I, I, I gave, I fleshed out his backstory a little bit. She definitely didn't have anything mentioning um, drugs or prison. Um, I would hope not. <laughs> great name, though. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's incredible. I think that's a great way to character generate. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's just go to some parties with four-year-olds. 
<laughs> oh man, that was uh, creepy as fuck, Jason. Um, was there a, a picture that went with TR googly eyes? Oh yeah, I. <laughs> um, they were drawing it. This is over breakfast. She likes to draw pictures of characters, and uh, he busy. He looked like one of the the wavy inflatable yeah. arm guys, and so that's sort of one of the inspirations I had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've uh, I've lived the life of a tall, lanky man, and uh, and one time at a show, I I got in a dance fight with a tall, lanky car car thing, whatever it's called, balloon man. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I won. It was a uh, it was for um, Joke Town, and it was a takeoff on uh, um, Billy Elliot. And uh, that was Tracy's. Was... Uh, they bought. I remember when Tracy Nelson bought that thing. No, it was with. Um, uh, what's her name? Emma Overton. Overton, and she actually like made her own version of the costume. It was super. Impressive. Oh right, okay. I didn't uh, see. I did heard about it later. That's in, like, great. One one night. Elspeth, <laughs> um, let's talk about this uh, wonderfully humble character. <laughs> uh, do you often find yourself playing characters that are kind of uh, assholes? <laughs> um, I I haven't done a ton of uh, improv. Um, but I think the asshole just kind of came naturally to me. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, delightfully, uh, what's the word? Delightfully, uh, cruel, I guess. Yeah, it was kind of just uh, going against everything I believe in and it was fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I, hopefully the listeners, listeners will be able to tell that that's not yeah. the real you, but, uh, if anyone comes up into the, in the street and yells at you, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you're just too convincing. Yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent. Let's do some plugs because it's that time of the show. And Elspeth, you're already uh, up to bat. Do you have anything going on that you'd like to talk about? And if not, you can talk about a movie that you saw or a book you read or whatever you want, really. Uh, yeah, I run a comedy game show called Battle of Wits. Um, you can find it on my YouTube page, which is just Elspeth Wright, or um, on Instagram at Battle of Wits. And yeah, it's like a panel show with a lot of weird questions and weird rounds. And Jason is going to be on an upcoming episode that I recorded like two months ago and haven't edited yet. But um, very fun. It's a very lot of fun, fun yeah, it's a it's a really fun show. I I'm really proud of it and I love it a lot. So everyone should check it out. Awesome, excellent. Uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, is it is it like a a trivia thing or are the questions weirder than that? Yeah, so it's sort of it's technically trivia like uh the first round is very difficult to answer trivia questions um and then there's there's a round where it's sort of like the price is right but it's like weird things that i found for sale on wish or on etsy oh, so lots of like haunted dolls or taxidermy um <laughs> and so everyone has to guess how much that costs um there there are a bunch of there are five different games in the show um and it's yeah it's really fun sounds amazing all right check that out uh and uh jason uh right now i'm doing a a show called records ranked every two weeks with a friend of mine from victoria bc paul malcolm and we're just like go through records either by an artist or by uh you know a genre or anything and just rank our favorites uh of that certain uh work person's work or period like say bowie's 70s records when we'd rank them. So next, every two weeks we do that. All right. Uh, great. Andy, uh, what do you have to talk about? Um, I I don't know what's coming up. I, I'm on the Improv College um, 
narrative main stage team. Uh, I know that we've got a show coming up, but I don't remember the exact date. But I guess maybe I could just generally say check out Improv College yes. uh, on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. Uh, I've got a bunch of shows and classes that are coming up, and it's super awesome. Excellent. So look out for that. I believe it's improvcollege.ca. And uh, that's great. Uh, Great plugs all around. Uh, Great show. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Elspeth. And thank you, Jason, all for being on the show. Uh, It was a real good time. That's all for some good friends for another week. And I will see you next week. Bye. Those were friends, good friends of mine. I talked to them for podcast time.